Hello, this is Father Neil here and welcome to the May 21st episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we're looking at numbers 1122 to 1126 of the Catechism. The Sacraments of Faith, 1122. Christ sent his apostles so that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be preached in his name to all nations. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The mission to baptize, and so the sacramental mission, is implied in the mission to evangelize, because the sacrament is prepared for by the word of God and by the faith which is assent to this word. The people of God is formed into one, in the first place by the word of the living God. The preaching of the word is required for the sacramental ministry itself, since the sacraments are sacraments of faith, drawing their origin and nourishment from the word. 11.23 The purpose of the sacraments is to sanctify men, to build up the body of Christ, and finally, to give worship to God. Because they are signs, they also instruct. They not only presuppose faith, but by words and objects, they also nourish, strengthen, and express it. This is why they are called sacraments of faith. 11.24 The church's faith precedes the faith of the believer, who is invited to adhere to it. When the church celebrates the sacraments, she confesses the faith received from the apostles. Whence the ancient saying, Lex orandi, lex credende, or legem credende, lex statua supplicande, according to Prosper of Aquitaine in the 5th century. The law of prayer is the law of faith. The church believes as she prays. Liturgy is a constitutive element of the holy and living tradition. 11.25 For this reason, no sacramental rite may be modified or manipulated at the will of the minister of the community. Even the supreme authority in the church may not change the liturgy arbitrarily, but only in obedience to the faith and with religious respect for the mystery of the liturgy. 11.26 Likewise, since the sacraments express and develop the communion of faith, the church, the lex orande, is one in the church, the lex orande is one of the essential criteria for the dialogue that seeks to restore the unity of Christians. Beautiful. This section is on the, uh, the role of faith and the sacraments. That as most things, there isn't quite nothing, nothing in religion in the Catholic faith is simple other than things very, something uh, like the love of God or something like that, but even that is difficult to understand at times. And so the liturgy is related to faith, but the liturgy also builds up faith. There's always these kind of uh, relationship between the church and, and the liturgy, that the church is the place of the liturgy, the liturgy is the place where the church is built, and the same thing. The sacraments give us faith, but we need faith to appreciate the sacraments. If you walk into church without any uh, faith at all, there's a chance that you won't understand what's happening or you'll just totally misconstrue things. Uh, whereas the uh, the liturgy can give us faith. So there's this, we need faith, but it also gives us faith. Our faith is nourished in the liturgy. Uh, this is why it's saying that there are called sacraments of faith. That uh, And if the liturgy is celebrated well, we'll walk away from it with uh, more faith. Um, this, I suppose, this, well, i got to be careful not to get onto a hobby horse here, 
But if the liturgy is celebrated in a meaningful way, it can help us to take better advantage, to walk away from the Mass or from the liturgy with a greater amount of the graces that are present and offered there. This is what our um, the challenge is. Because when liturgy is celebrated, especially when the sacraments are celebrated, when the Eucharist is celebrated, there is an infinity of grace given. There's an infinity of God's goodness. It's everything himself. But oftentimes we walk away helped a little bit, or maybe sometimes, unfortunately, not even helped at all. Whereas if the celebration is done properly, if there is, uh, if things are done with care, if the, 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 you have the nicest vestments you can have, if you have the nicest music you can have, if the homily is as well as it can be, if people, uh, in a sense, invest time and energy into the liturgy, then many people will walk away from that liturgy with more. Always, it was always there. But the liturgy capacitates us to uh, receive more. I mean, they tell this uh, ancient story of, um, it's a very ancient story about St. Patrick. When St. Patrick was evangelizing, uh, the daughters, I think, is of King Lyra, that the two girls uh, who are maidens, who are beautiful young ladies who aren't married yet, uh, they received baptism from Patrick. And at the time, as would have been common at the, in the church of the time, with their baptism, they also received First Communion, and we presume also of Confirmation. So they're receiving the sacraments of initiation together. And when they receive the Eucharist, they say, this is everything. We have everything we need. And they die because, in a sense, their hearts were broken with the love of God and uh, their life was complete. And yet many of us receive the Eucharist many, many times and we receive it day in, day out. And it really, um, yes, it can be a nice spiritual thing, but many times it's not enough to pierce our uh, our hearts of stone. And so this um, this thing, if the liturgy is celebrated well, it helps us to receive more. And then this other famous phrase, lex orandi, lex credendi, uh, which is an ancient phrase in the church that says that we can find out a lot about our faith from what we celebrate in the sacraments, in the liturgy of the church, that there's one of the best sources for what is the faith. And so we're invited to this. We're invited to uh, to trust in God and to to see that the words of the Mass, the words of the official sacraments, the words of the official prayers of the Church are very important. And uh, many times if you want to understand what does the Immaculate Conception mean, oftentimes it's to go to the Mass of the day and look at the particular prayers of the Immaculate Conception. Or if you don't know what the Ascension of the Lord is, to look at what the preface and what the different prayers of the Mass say, and they'll, they'll, they'll give you a hint, they'll give you a very good teaching as to what it is. And this is why sometimes when the church is facing an issue and she's trying to work out is is this position good or not, she'll see what is being prayed. What has the church always prayed? And if you've always been praying for something, then the words of these prayers are, uh, are a source of our faith. That it's one of the things we can go, it's like a litmus test for any any proposal. How does this fit in with the church's official prayer? How does this fit in with the church's sacraments, with the church's liturgy? And this way we can uh, we can have a great source of our faith in the liturgy. So this is one of the um, uh, one of the great treasures that's there. So tomorrow we'll continue, and tomorrow we're going to have numbers eleven twenty seven to eleven twenty nine.
God bless. Bless.